free podcast. Mm. Indeed, tis the season. To make a podcast, la la la. Although I suspect we'll have several people telling us tis not the season. I was trying to come up with a good joint holiday name um, for a holla thanks a Christmas. Mm. Um, you know, we're, we, we've not yet, I don't know if we'll reveal this, but um, in real time as we record it is not yet Halloween. Um, no, no, it's preparing, not. We are preparing an episode um, that will release in November for mm-hmm. a holiday that happens in December. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. So, I mean, it's the holiday really, season. It, yeah. Tis. I mean, like all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've got Christmas. You've got Thanksgiving. You've got uh, Hanukkah. You have Kwanzaa. You have New Year's Eve. You have Boxing Day. New Year's Day. You have Boxing Day. Um, you have Flying Spaghetti Monster Annika. Um, you have... I, I'm out. That's pretty good, though. Halloween. All Saints mm-hmm. Day. Um, mm-hmm. Feast of St. Wenceslas. I don't know. Stephen. That one happens. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when he was looking out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. From from some of the very few words of that song I know, because I mostly know it from Mannheim Steamroller. Mm-hmm. Mm. Segway! <laughs> so, um, how do you want to dive in? Uh, with festive energy. You are listening to Priority, a podcast that's usually about choices, limitations, and getting stuff done. Today's episode, entitled Mannheim Steamroller Derby, is our quarterly break from our usual topics, in which we'll discuss a cultural artifact, in this case, Mannheim Steamroller's 1984 album, Christmas. For complete show notes, including links to anything we discuss on the podcast today, visit us online at priority.fm slash 40. Also, please note that all music you'll hear on the podcast today, including the music that's playing right now, is the property of its respective rights holders and is included in this podcast only for the purposes of criticism. Merry Christmas, lawyers. Well, um, I think just right off the bat, we should clarify a couple of things for the listener. Um, First of all, they're not from Mannheim. (laughs) And secondly, there are no steamrollers. Correct. Hmm. Mm-hmm. This concludes my prep. That was pretty good. I did have that was literally the last thing I looked up was I could not remember the origin of the band name, the alias mm. Mannheim Steamroller. I, so I, I did have to look it back up. Yeah, I believe it's German. I think Mannheim is literally Manholm, um, which I'm guessing is some sort of colloquialism for locker room. And Steamroller is uh I think I think steam room. So basically it's like it's like a sauna. Um Next to a locker room. Am I close? Mm. Um, no, but whatever you just did was fabulous. I, <laughs> I am on you mean, board. You mean lost all of our listeners in Germany and Austria? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, good. Pretty good. Because I'm pretty sure I've done that. Mm-hmm. Um, if I would have had to guess, I would have been lying as well. Um, 
I thought that maybe it was a reference to an actual steamroller company. Mm. Um, that is not the case either. Mm-mm. There really are no steamrollers. Um, Wikipedia tells me that it comes from an 18th century German musical technique called the Mannheim Roller, mm-hmm. um, a crescendo passage in music. Yeah. Well, there's there's some crescendos here for sure. Mm-hmm. Of the Christmas type. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. All right. Um, well, yeah, now we've gotten through my prep and my fake prep. Um, <laughs> so we're pretty much done. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is this is um, this is going to be kind of an interesting one, I think. Um, although um, several listeners who are already mad that we're talking about Christmas music at the beginning of November are probably thinking it's not so interesting. But um, we're, of course, taking our quarterly break from our usual nonsense to talk about um, some cultural artifact or other. Uh, and in this case, that is Mannheim Steamroller's 1984 album, Christmas, um, which is their original Christmas album, um, from whence comes some of their biggest hits. Um, although I, every time I look back at this one, I am surprised at how many songs that I was sure were here from the very beginning were not on this one, like came later. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, in any case, this was, this was the big one for them, um, and uh, but we're also we're planning not just to talk about that um, because as music music critics go, I don't know how great we're going to be at that compared to when we've talked about narrative fiction on previous installments. Um, but we do want to talk about it a bit, but then maybe have a bit of a broader discussion about what um, you, dear listener, are probably thinking right now about how mad you are about how we're already talking about Christmas music at the beginning of November and talk in general about Christmas music and the phenomenon of. Christmas creeping into the rest of the calendar. Mm-hmm. Is that a fair summary? Yeah, yeah. And you're already um, um, being uh, maybe not more generous, but more direct, maybe. Because when I when I was thinking about recording this episode, I, I kept thinking about a, a disclaimer we could give, or at least I would want to give to say, um, if you are one of the people who is troubled by holiday creep, right? The, <laughs> The ever-expanding borders of holidays. Um, if you haven't figured this out <laughs> from our, our seasons discussion, I don't care about that point of view. <laughs> Which, <laughs> that's an even more evil way to say what I'd been thinking. But I am, Max, I am just so gleeful right now mm-hmm. that I can barely... I've got so much knowledge and things that I want to um, reflect upon in this episode. Would it be fair to say that you are over how over it people are? Mm. Yeah. Well, I just, I just find it. I don't know. Not irrelevant. Now I'm being really dismissive, which I'm always. <laughs> I try to be very sensitive to this on mm-hmm. the show, mm-hmm. but on this note, I. Oh, so, so here's the disclaimer I was thinking of saying. It was going to be something like, um, if you were one of the people who um, is is extremely concerned about holiday creep and and holiday blur, and in particular, um, making sure that the Christ is in Christmas, et cetera, et cetera. This is not the episode for you. <laughs> and just leaving it, it at that. It sounds, it sounds to me like you're actually, like, you're mad at the people who are mad about the Christmas season expanding, and you're also mad about the people who are mad about the, Chris, the Christ getting out of Christmas. Well, Like, you're mad at everybody. Uh, no, just dismissive. I mean, <laughs> maybe a little. <laughs> and, I mean, not I'm dismissive of everybody, people. just dismissive of the peasants. <laughs> I, I think that... 
we, and we've already spent too much time on it, but we, we ought not give that, those parts of the discussion so much time Mm -hmm. because there is so much rich cultural conversation to be had on this topic. And I really believe that. And all of the people who know me and know what a freak I am for Christmas (laughs) are probably laughing their heads off right now Mm. because they, they know I, in that last little ramp up, I've just, um, ascended to my Christmas soapbox. (laughs) Yes. It's the Christmas freak versus the Christmas creep. I'm just picturing us both with Grinch faces. It's it's in a no holds barred roller derby match. Mannheim (laughs) steamroller derby. I've got like tinsel and bells on my skates. (laughs) Ready to go. Woo. You betcha. Um, so well, let's start. Let's start specific then, um, since you don't want to give too much time to the uh, to the cultural commentary. Let's start on the other end of the spectrum and um, and maybe crowd that out. <laughs> How's that sound? Okay. Uh, again, the the album we're talking about is 1984's Christmas, the original Mannheim Steamroller Christmas album, and. I, I kind of want to ask this about this album in general, although if you're anything like me, I doubt very much you'll be able to separate the album, you know, going that far back from Mannheim Steamroller in general. So, Katie, tell me, um, what is your first memory of being exposed to Mannheim Steamroller's music? Or your first memory where you can remember it being a part of anything if you don't remember when you first encountered it? Mm. Um, a number of things. I was actually trying to capture some of these memories um so I remember listening to this album and following albums growing up so um I was thinking about how as a family um Max and I and our other siblings and um our parents we would travel maybe a half hour 40 minutes to our grandparents homes for the holidays um so if I remember, no, I no, I know that this is right. I was going to say that we had tapes of at least this album and probably others, mm-hmm. um, cassette tapes that we would listen to in the van. Correct. On the way up to our grandparents' homes. For a second, I was thinking maybe it wasn't tapes, but then I remember the cases because mm-hmm. I probably stole them when, <laughs> when you all grew up and got CD players and stuff and I got all the stereos in the house. Yeah, if by CD um, players you mean stolen MP3s, then yes. <laughs> Close enough. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And we, you know, later had CDs, of course, Mm -hmm. um, the next big wave of technology. Um, So I remember listening to this album and others while setting up the Christmas tree, um, a practice that became a Katie tradition, a Katie duty um, in our household at some point. Mm. Yeah, probably as soon as I could drive. (laughs) Max was like, out of there. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? <sighs> um, so my earliest memories of this album, I'm presuming I had actually heard it before this point, and, and that's why it occurred to anybody in our family that this, this might function. But um, I remember on actually non-Christmas season nights, occasionally uh, mom setting up the tape player with with um with one or the other of these first two albums on um in in me and Alex's bedroom um you know just for I don't know background noise or to settle me down um I just remember I remember that being a thing though occasionally when I was pretty little um hmm. where where it would just she just put it on because I liked it 
So I don't mm. I don't know where I encountered it before that. But my first memory of, of hearing it is definitely not around Christmas time. Um, huh. I kind of I think I kind of knew it was Christmas music, but yeah. In any case, um, a lot of my my strong impressions of it as a as you know as a youth growing up um, are like you say around around holiday times. Um, this and that uh, one Trans Siberian Orchestra album um, I recall being popular you know christmas driving music um Mm -hmm. as we would gallivant around omaha visiting various relatives and going to various christmas parties um certainly growing up in nebraska in particular because that is where chip davis um the founder of Mannheim steamroller is from and uh, i believe that's where the empire is still run from today Mm -hmm. um Um, i think he might be from elsewhere but the um yeah, he came to Nebraska. Came to Nebraska. Okay, that's where yeah. that's where Chip Davis did his important work. Yeah, he's actually yeah. from the North Pole. <laughs> um, <laughs> so so jolly and quick. Indeed, I knew in an instant I'd be Saint Chip. <laughs> yeah, but growing up in Nebraska, I mean, Mannheim Steamroller at least um, is a you know. Uh, again, headquartered in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are probably a lot of places where you can't really escape in the holidays, but there in particular, um, it was kind of everywhere. Uh, I, I know, I remember hearing it many times at, at um, our uh, Livingston side grandparents' house um, during their Christmas Eve Christmas parties. And I actually remember things like um, the, the Channel 6 news um, around Christmas time, like maybe just the week of Christmas, uh, leading into it and for a day or two after using deck the halls as their their you know closing theme music mm-hmm. um, in place of whatever they normally do there something something else triumphal with a lot of horns i'm sure i don't remember but i do remember that like i have a very distinct impression of like the last couple minutes of the news and, and Mannheim mm. steamroller playing over it mm-hmm. um i don't know and i i have i have very positive associations with all those things and um and as an adult, I've actually I've acquired one more that that is that's uh, pretty nice. I think um, in 2008, I took a train ride from Lincoln, Nebraska, to Boston and back, mm-hmm. uh, which is like a 36 hour journey. And uh, it was the first week in December, and it was quite snowy. Um, and there were a lot of uh, you know little little wooded areas and towns in in like upstate New York that I was seeing, you know sunset twilight overnight you know snowy snowy pastures and forests and little towns and i actually had just downloaded uh christmas celebration which is a 2004 i want to say re-recording of a lot of their hits um plus a re-recording of one of their songs that they added lyrics to which was a really bad idea um chip davis cannot write lyrics but um yeah, it was so I've I've also got like, you know, basically 72 hours round trip looking at pastoral snowy scenes listening to um to mm. the Christmas music of my youth. That's a beautiful image. Mm. Yeah, it's really oh, nice. Okay. I'd like to take that trip again someday. Mhm. And good soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. Mhm. Indeed. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was thinking about um so it's interesting how this album and Mannheim Steamroller in general have become such an integral part of Christmas culture, especially in the U S. Um, but I was thinking about how, um, so in my prep I was reading about, I hadn't realized what a, uh, maybe revolution's not quite a fair word, but maybe, um, what, 
um, a point of revolution, this album was um, the idea that this this person, Chip Davis, as a composer who was classically trained, um, had thrown together classical um, all these classical uh, Christmas carols um, with synthesizers and mm-hmm. guitars and all these things. Um, the way that that changed um, Christmas music and changed music in general, that it blended the idea of an orchestra with the idea of a rock band. Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't realized how impactful that really was in so many ways until I um, started doing some reading about um, what that album meant. I had also forgotten that that was the first Christmas album um, from Chip Davis's record um, or from his uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, In his oeuvre up? Label. Oh, label. His label. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, American Gramophone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's you know, you mentioned the sound, and it's I was thinking about this today, actually, as I was listening back to the album. Because, again, I mostly, I, you know, I mostly deal with Mannheim Steamroller as something that happens out in the world, and, and then it's generally going to be the hits. Or um, it's a playlist I've put together, or I'm listening to one of the re-recorded albums, you know. So I'm not, I'm not hearing it in this original context. But as we got ready for this episode, and I listened back through... Um, so for being the big hit album, for being the one that kicked off the revolution, that thing that most people think of when you say Mannheim Steamroller, that sound, the, the, you know, the guitars and in particular the synthesizers, mm-hmm. I think the synthesizers, uh, are the things that, that's, you know, the people who get put on edge by this music, I think that's what does it. <laughs> um, but for, for as much as that is their image and their legacy, a lot of this album is not that. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it kicks off with Deck the Halls, um, and uh, there's a few others in the middle, and then at the end, the second to last song is is the uh, the rock version of God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen, um, which which isn't really, I mean, I'm sure there's more synthesizers in it than what I'm hearing, but it's not really a very synthesizer-y song, but it definitely has mm-hmm. that, that, you know, that rock sensibility. Um, but a lot of the stuff in the middle, um, their version of We Three Kings, uh, Bring a Torch, Jeanette Isabella, Coventry Carol, uh, Carol of the Birds, I Saw Three Ships. Um, you know, a lot of these are much more classical arrangements. They're a little bit more creative than what you probably heard in instrumental Christmas music before before this album. But, you know, uh, most of the album, I would say, is not that sound that we think of as Mannheim Steamroller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, listening back, um, one thing that I had forgotten about was, and this was something that I had noticed growing up listening to this album, uh, you can hear so much of the environment in the recording Mm -hmm. if you really listen for it. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking of things like in some of the softer moments, um, I think maybe in Coventry Carol, um, Oh, and in Bring a Torch in particular, in some of those quieter moments where the rests, um, where all the instruments rest at the same time in some moments, Mm -hmm. you can hear the musicians taking their breaths Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you can hear the click of the keys. Right. Um, Yeah, there's there's even a couple of those in in, uh, Still Knocked. (laughs) <laughs> in in silent That's the night. Lebanon side coming out. <laughs> yeah, except I probably got it wrong. Um but in in silent <laughs> night uh even in the re-recorded one from 2004 like you can really hear the breathing in the room. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's in a way it's kind of impressively recorded. Um, cause I mean, that's, that's something that a lot of people would look to get rid of. Certainly I spend most of my time editing this podcast, taking breathing out. Um, but I don't know to, 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 to record things that precisely and that, that accurately that those artifacts are left in. I like it. It's very human, which is, you know, again, in contrast to what people think of as Mannheim steamroller, which is the blaring synthesizer. <laughs> Yeah, if anything, Trans-Siberian is way more sort of staged and performative and theatrical. And dumb. Um, and dumb. <laughs> you don't like any of it? I'm I'm not a fan. I wouldn't say I don't like any of it, but I don't care for very much of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to be truthful, uh, as a young adult, I kind of, in my mind, because we sort of grew up with this stuff, um, I had I'd sort of conflated them, and I had several Trans-Siberian Orchestra songs in my head as Mannheim Steamroller songs, and I was actually oh, kind funny. of grateful to find out they weren't. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, you mentioned earlier that there were um... – well, how did you say it before that there were songs that you were sure were on this album that weren't? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. See, mm-hmm. Sort of the, well, I guess a corollary to that. Um, when I was looking up those other albums, I wasn't recognizing a lot of the album titles right away, mm-hmm. even though I knew for a fact that the one we were talking about, the, the Christmas or Christmas 1984, as it's sometimes called, I knew which one we were talking about, and I knew the I knew the track list. I remembered the. Mm the flow of songs. Um, but the other ones, I was looking at the album titles and thinking, oh, wow, I don't know these. How do I not know these? I thought I knew more of their music. <laughs> but then I went and looked at the track list, and I was like, oh, duh, no. I remember these exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. I just had to see the the flow of songs, the order. And yeah, yeah. And it's, it, they do do a decent job. Like one thing I like about um, about this music in particular compared to some instrumental things that I, that I sometimes listen to. Um, like there are soundtracks that if I just have a big mix of things, I don't really want anything from that soundtrack in. Um, like I will sometimes put on a star Wars soundtrack to listen to as background music when I'm working, but I don't really want to mix that in with a bunch of other instrumental stuff. Um, cause it really, it hangs together as a piece and it's too distinct from most of the other instrumental music I have. Mm. Um, whereas, you know, this is something I, I have a couple of instrumental Christmas Pandora stations I listen to, and this stuff is mixed in and out and it's, it's all over the place and it's all fine standalone. Um, Mm. you know, it, it, but it does really hang together when you listen to it as it was originally presented. Mm -hmm. The album flow, I think is very good. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I'm getting a little. Oh, that's okay. Um, and, and particularly, I think you see that on this one, you know, coming into it and coming back out of it at the end, it opens with Deck the Halls, which which might be their, their biggest hit of all time. Um, I think that's that's definitely, if anybody has a positive association with the Mannheim Steamroller sound, it's probably from that song. Um, and then after a bunch of nonsense in the middle, uh, as we head out, there's the, the kind of silly version of God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen, um, followed by the rock version, and then then Silent Night. Um, which, which for my money, I think is my absolute favorite, but whether it's your favorite or not, like it's a good album ender. It's, Mm. it's, you know, a very quiet song for the most part would, but with a super powerful couple of crescendos in it. Mm -hmm. And then it fades out really nicely Mm -hmm. with some sort of, um, tinkling noises Mm -hmm. at the end that fade. Right. The, uh, the sound of, uh, sleigh bells as Chip Davis rides back to the North Pole. You betcha. And to all chips, a good night. Um, yeah. So fun fact I, I learned in my, um, 
forays on the internet. Um, the song Still Night, or Still Night, I'm reading Still Knocked, and so I translated it in my head. Still Night. Still Knocked. Um, <laughs> welcome to the podcast where we butcher everything. Especially um, the German language. Especially other languages and cultures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, but what I was going to bring up was um, apparently Silent Night as a song mm-hmm. has been designated as a UNESCO World Heritage intangible cultural heritage artifact this 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 particular arrangement of it or the song itself yeah i think the song itself Mm. um which originated in the 19th century in austria yes Mm. yes that's what the internet tells me Fascinating. Um, so it must be true. I just thought it was interesting. I didn't know that um, didn't, there were intangible cultural artifacts. I was, I was artifacts. just going to say, I did not know that was a thing. But uh, Right. No, that's why I bring you it know, up. Bra- um, bravo, still night. High five. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Knocked away. Indeed. Mm-hmm. You could say they knocked it out of the park. Oh, there it is. Good job, Gruber. <laughs> not podcast Gruber, um, but... <laughs> Composer Gruber. Uh, that was not a reference. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. Uh, something else that before we before we for, I forget to bring it up because uh, you 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 mentioned the sound and the influence that they. Oop, can you hear that? Mm-hmm. I actually just well, started playing one of the tracks by mistake. Oh, that's funny. No, I just hear you. Okay, great. Um, actually, I might just <laughs> I might just leave that on then. Can <laughs> have it playing in the background for me. <laughs> Ambiance. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the sound. thinking about the sound, yes, um, you, you mentioned the way that they were influential in, in these, the blending of the sort of classical with this synthesizer rock sensibility. The other thing that really struck me as I was getting ready for this is I do think a lot of what people react to positively or negatively in Mannheim Steamroller is that sound, is that synthesizer sound. And you know, as to whether or not they were they were the ones who kicked anything off, or or how influential they were on what came later, I will definitely say I think Chip Davis was in the right place at the right time with this, mm. because when I was thinking about how to describe that sound, on the off chance there's somebody listening who's never listened to this album and hasn't bothered <laughs> to stop and go get it, um, I was trying to think of other things to compare it to, and the two songs that immediately jumped to mind were "Jump" by Van Halen. Um, which, unlike a lot of Van Halen songs, oh. you know, leads off and and really is is driven by a very um, powerful synth line, uh, and um, Axel F, which is the the theme song of Beverly Hills Cop, and <laughs> <laughs> you know, and thinking of those two songs, I was like, well, I'm sure there's not much of a through line between those and Chip Davis, you know, and I I just just for kicks though, I looked them both up on Wikipedia, and sure enough. This is the 1984 Mannheim Steamroller album. Uh, Axel F., the song from Beverly Hills Cop, was a number one hit in 1985, Beverly mm. Hills Cop being a 1984 movie. And Jump by Van Halen, uh, that album came out, the album that that's on came out in December of 1983. And that song, wow. again, was a number one hit in 1984. So, I mean, this, this was the popular musical culture. This was, this was the moment when that stuff, you know, I think really, really hit the big time. Mm-hmm. Wow! Yeah, good call. Yeah, that's sort of hilarious. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I might also have some, I mean, it's it's possible I have some association among those three because I did know all three. <laughs> you know, I knew I knew Mannheim Steamroller and I knew those two popular songs at about the same time as a kid. But <laughs> I, I think it was just coincidental. And it's the fact that they do all have that, that same kind of synthesizer-driven sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was just thinking again, you're being very cautious about those people who may not know this album or haven't listened to it. And still just like, oh, I'm not talking to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, by now, I think pretty much anybody who's not into this discussion is definitely gone. Oh my God. Um, particularly as I'm probably going to drop a lot of little musical cues in from the album. So by now, they're yes, going to be please. sick of it. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they better leave and decrease the surplus population. <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Indeed. Um, Thanks, Ebenezer. Yeah. You betcha. Yeah. What else are you thinking about? Uh, well, I I guess um, one thing um, that I, I kind of wanted to do, I mean, we don't have to walk through the whole album song by song unless you've taken extensive notes that way and want to. Um, but if there's any particular high points, high, bleh, I can't talk high points or low points on of the album, you know, song wise or progression wise <laughs> that you want to talk about. I, of course I like deck the halls. Um, yeah, for years, um, I've had a variety of what I would call morning playlists so on the types of mornings or anytime where I'm I'm getting ready at home for an extended period of time before some big event or some big trip or something um I would have a playlist that was sort of pump up music and confidence boosting music and and feel good music that sort of thing um (laughs) the most recent version of that and I haven't played it in a while actually but it, it had stuff like um that song from Mulan, the Disney movie, mm-hmm. um, I don't know what the actual title is, but the Make a Man Out of You song, that would get me pumped up. Um, I would have Deck the Halls from this album on that playlist. Um, uh, is this is this a year-round playlist? No, well, I mean, yeah. See, you're yeah. part of the problem. What are you talking about? <laughs> get out. You were so fired. <laughs> I can listen to Disney and Christmas anytime I want. That's that should be that should I should not have to say that. <laughs> mm, the Disney season. <laughs> it's encroaching these on the rest of the be, year. These should be unspoken truths of my life and my existence as a human. <laughs> <sighs> Let's keep the Walt in Disney Miss. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Mom is so going to approve. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So Deck the Halls is a definite favorite pump-up song um i like the style of we three kings it's very mm-hmm. um sort of romantic it's got those good um i'm trying to think of what is in the background bells chimes mm-hmm. i think so nice tinkly things wind sounds um, mm-hmm. um yeah i i like it we three kings it's probably a b-list song for me but a uh, <laughs> b-team song for me among their their catalog but it's up there Mm-hmm. Um, I like God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. Yeah, you talked about the movement song to song. I do like the movement out of... Um, so there's a, a short series. There's four songs mm-hmm. called The Christmas Suite right. in the last third of the album that ends with um, 
<laughs> what I believe I called the silly version of God Rest Me, Mary Gentleman. Yeah. Yeah. So a short, maybe minute and a half um, rendition of, a more traditional rendition of God Rest You, Mary Gentleman. Mm-hmm. And then the next track is a, a longer four minute, you know, an appropriate rock song length. Um, like you said, that punchier, rockier mm-hmm. version um, of God Rest You, Mary Gentleman. I like, th- I like the way both versions function together. And of course, mm-hmm. I like the rock version for that arrangement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you said you liked Still Knocked. Yeah, yeah. I would say that is that this particular, I mean, as, as far as like the classical sort of, you know, Christmas carols, religious Christmas songs go, it's it, that song may be my, my favorite in general among those. Um, but this, this rendition of this particular song is my favorite Christmas song, period. Mm. Um, not my favorite one to sing because there aren't a lot of words, um, although there are <laughs> vocals at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, I do, I do really, really like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that track. Something I was thinking of when I was looking at the other albums was um, "Christmas Extraordinaire," which came out in two thousand one. Um, I believe it's the last track on that album is um, their version of "Auld Lang Syne." Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, which is yeah, is styled in a very similar way. It's a very mm-hmm. soft song. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a little bit more a little bit more synthesizery, but not the way that that the detractors would be picturing it when I say that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's it's all it has a very similar vibe, and I've I've uh, I'm a fan of that one as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that the first album that they released that on? Christmas Extraordinaire. I thought so, but I was only clicking through a sample mm. of their albums um, as I was rediscovering that I really did know most of them. <laughs> Sure. I shouldn't have doubted myself. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I like a lot of these. In um, I was reading a, an editorial review. Um, I think it was literally the one that's in the editorial review section on the Amazon page for this album, but it could be somewhere <laughs> else. But anyhow, I'll find it. Um, talking about uh, Good King Wenceslas and how it does not really hold up as well as some of the others like there's there's a bit of a you know silly light jazz thing going on there um, and I think that's fair but I still enjoy it mm-hmm. um, I do I do kind of as I'm looking over the tracks and thinking about listening to it today I do kind of like how it starts and and ends on these these very very contemporary well-produced tracks and in the middle it's mostly kind of more classical stuff except for good king wenceslas right in the middle which is um again it's it's you know kind of a light Mm -hmm. light rock jazz 80s pop mess Mm -hmm. yeah i like it too though yeah i can't i don't know yeah the album as a whole and it was, and maybe this is what makes it a little different too. And I don't know um, if other people, when they listen to instrumental albums, especially if they find this too, because most of the time I, I was ever listening to these tracks, it was just playing the entire tape or CD. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so half an album, if it was the tape, you know, <laughs> flip it and all that, all that bull crap um, mm. from back in the day. Um, again, our parents are probably laughing. <laughs> yeah, and our younger listeners are probably like, wait, fl- flip? What? T- tape, tape, tape. The stuff that you put stuff on the wall with? You yeah. shouldn't use tape for that. You should use, like, sticky tech. No, 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 no. But my students, seriously, they will rip the paint off of any surface. <laughs> they, they don't think about it. Tape everywhere. That's something I had to coach out of them. Um, 
True story. Yeah. But yeah, so because I would listen, I I never listened to individual tracks except for Deck the Halls. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so for me, it really is a an overall experience. Yeah, a holistic experience, if you will. I, yeah, I would say it was a good exercise for me to come back to the album as an album to talk about because again, I've I've got all these in so many other places and playlists and. Um, and I hear them out of context all the time. Well, I hear some of them out of context all the time. Some of these I don't really hear ever. Um, I saw Three Ships. I think aside from listening to this, I haven't listened to in, in years. Um, sure. Because I think Sting permanently ruined all versions of that song for me. OMG. I like that album too. Then well, you don't. I, don't like, I don't like his rendition of that song. Um, I don't ah. know if I dislike the album as a whole. I think I'd have to listen to the rest of, of his christmas songs but i yeah uh, i can't mm-hmm. not i can't not hear him doing a terrible job of that song when i hear and i can't not play. hear you complain about it when i listen to it um, we are going so, to have a steamroller derby <laughs> a sting roller derby mm. yeah yeah that track um was on another album we owned um as a family a very special christmas three mm. um which is from a series of albums that benefits the Special Olympics. Oh, um, but it was the okay. third. I'm gl- do you remember these? I'm glad, I, I do remember the albums being around. I'm glad you mentioned that they benefit the Special Olympics because I was just about ready to make fun of the name. <laughs> you were just about ready to make fun of. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> Never mind. I'm you stopping got me just, at, just in time. Oh, my goodness. That. <laughs> Cut all this out. Um yeah, but it's a variety of um, celebrity singers, musicians um, covering Christmas hits. Mm. Um, but I do like that album. I like that that three one. It's got Smashing Pumpkins doing something fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Blues Traveler. One of those isn't one of those the one that has the the like semi apocryphal was recorded backstage at a show. Uh, Bare Naked Ladies and and Sarah McLaughlin. Oh yeah, God rest you, Mary. Yeah. Jane. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. 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 So I need to go back and listen um, to the rest of, of the rest of the album because I remember it being pretty good. I just, I really don't like that Sting version <laughs> of I Saw Three Ships. Mm-hmm. I never want to see Three Ships again. <laughs> just remind you of that Sting song. You can't handle it. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Very sensitive subject. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yes, yes, yes. I, uh, <laughs> you said I've, you, you were talking about how careful I was being about the, the you know, people who wouldn't know or wouldn't like it. Um, I oh, will point I mean. out that they are definitely out there though. Um, I'm thinking in particular of, of a mutual uh, friend of ours, uh, the Reverend Zach Anderson, who, uh, tweeted a year, uh, Christmas or two ago that Mannheim Steamroller is the nickelback of Christmas music. Oh, get out of here. Not even close. <laughs> Which I, I think makes Zach the nickelback of music commentators. <laughs> Dish that right back. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. If you can't stand the heat, then stay out of the Christmas season. Get off of the synthesizer. Oh, my God. I love it. Love it so much. I'm freaking out. Um, <sighs> Yeah, yeah. So, so when I was doing my, my due diligence, doing my research, um, what I kept thinking about even before I started was that. So, so it is funny and, and probably bears mentioning that 
I am not a Christian by any stretch of the imagination, um, but I love Christmas. So I was thinking about, <laughs> um, so again, with the other group of people who shall not be named. Um, no, I'm just kidding. They were already named. Um, I, for me, cultural Christmas is so pervasive, especially in the U.S., that of course it bears talking about and it bears reflecting on mm-hmm. um, all the various levels of it. It is not strictly a Christian experience. Um, I don't think you can argue that it's not, you know, or that it is just, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, nobody would be yelling about keeping the Christ in Christmas if there weren't already Christmas with Christ not in it. Right, right. And I'm flying that flag. I'm all about it. Which, which incidentally, um, I want to point out, for the first five years that I was hearing Keep the Christ in Christmas, I thought it was that people were really bad at spelling. That is amazing. <laughs> I did. That I'm is excellent. making that up. Oh, man. Too funny. But yeah, so I, I was trying to think about the long view as I was going back through some of these songs and thinking about the origins, um, what we know about where some of these carols came from. Um, and it is just so funny to think some of these melodies, some of the tunes for these songs, you know, are 700 years old, um, Mm -hmm. and were set to music and, and, or not set to music, they're already music. Um, (laughs) words were set to them. Mm -hmm. Lyrics were set to them. Um, well, and uh, in English, many hundreds of years later. Right. I, I, one particular example of that, that is not on this album, but is one of my, my favorite Mannheim steamroller songs, uh, is Greensleeves. Mm-hmm. Um, which which a lot of people will know um, by the the name associated with the Christian lyrics for it. What child is this? Um, but yeah, it was originally a, a love song that had nothing to do with Christmas when it was first. You know, when lyrics were first set to it, mm-hmm. um, it only later was sort of rewritten as a Christmas song. A very good one, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, although the the Mannheim Steamroller version is called Green Sleeves, probably somewhat to recall its origins, but also just because there are no words, so it, you know, <laughs> doesn't doesn't really matter which one right. we hang our hat on. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, some of the explicitly biblical songs are not terribly cheery. You know, thinking about uh, Coventry Carol is a story about King Herod hmm. and the I massacre of the innocents. I don't think you know I knew that. Mean? Yeah, well, if you... I mean, some of these the words, songs I should mention, I don't actually know anything about aside from the <laughs> Steamroller version. Sure, versions. sure. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and there's no words on the on this version. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking of other places where I've heard yeah. the worded version of Coventry right. Carol. Um, no, it's freaky. It's basically written as a lullaby to doomed children who are about to be killed. Oh, well, that's nice. Well, yeah, a little, little parting song. Um so it's like, yeah, compared to that, I will, I'll take Rudolph, which was a marketing device for a department store, you know, <laughs> like, like, why can't we appreciate all of this? If, if this is the story we want to sing about at Christmas. Touche, Katie. Touche. Uh, gross. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, no, I just, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting and worthwhile to think about the long view on so much of this, you know, mm-hmm. these, these melodies and the words themselves are coming from so many different traditions and languages across the globe. Um, some of them are, are, are mentioning what we think of as Christmas traditions, you know, everything from evergreen trees to mistletoe. Mm-hmm. Um, they come up in some of these songs, not in the Mannheim version, of course, um, but some of them are pre-Christian. You know, they're coming from pagan traditions that were um, 
sort of recreated and they represented new things when groups um, did convert to Christianity or Mm -hmm. (laughs) were forced to convert to Christianity. They took on new meanings. Um, But this is most certainly a shared cultural phenomenon. Sure, sure, absolutely. As you were as you were saying that, I was also thinking about. Uh, I mean, Chip Davis. I don't want to go too much into to his backstory and his place in the world. Um, notwithstanding that he's a very talented composer, obviously, and has created a musical franchise to be reckoned with. Um, I, I don't know that I would share all or even a lot of his values. But uh, you know, you're talking about the the meanings of these songs and and sort of you know the the classical stories, and it occurs to me like how often. Even with his conservative viewpoint, he kind of subverts that with these arrangements. Um, I'm thinking of another song that's not on this album, um, O Tannenbaum, uh, Mm. which his version of sounds kind of like a UFO landing (laughs) and is really kind of weird and trippy. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, one that I I did think was on this album, but is apparently not, um, Carol of the Bells. Mm-hmm. Which is, I believe Merlin Mann described as the sound of somebody losing their mind. Oh my god! <laughs> um, and that that song that song freaked me out as a small child. I do remember that. Mm. I found that one super creepy. Um, yeah. So now I've brought mm. up Merlin Mann, so I think we can we can say Merlin Mannheim Steamroller Derby. Oh man! With two ends. Title. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Put a bow on it. Yeah. It's done. Yeah, no, um, I, I think your yeah. I think your Longview comments though are good. It's um and you know, I, I think there's two ways that that we need two things we need to keep in mind when we're talking about Christmas, particularly in the West. Um I can't really, you know, speak to Christians celebrating in Jerusalem or something, but you know, what we do here I know something about. Um and I think keeping in mind the long view, like where this stuff really comes from what it really means and how much of that we want to bring along is important. I think it's also important just to keep in mind the short view, um, you know, to to let these things be very personal and very small scale. You know, uh, we talked about sort of our origin story with this music and, and its place in our lives. And, you know, it's a lot of what makes this music special is not that it is centuries old, um, is not the story, whether commercial and recent or ancient and sacred, <laughs> It's the fact that it is the music that we happen to hear at this time of the year when we were younger that was associated with a you know a time that family would get together and celebrate and share and express love and charity and all you know goodwill towards all mankind and all that other stuff <laughs> that you know Christmassy stuff um but our association in our own lives with just those little memories um you know, the first time I—it's weird because I know we had this album when I was a, when I was a kid growing up, but the first time I can actually remember hearing hearing their version of Silent Night was not till like the mid '90s, '95 or '96, and I remember very distinctly sitting at the table, you know, at, at our grandparents' house at one of those Christmas Eve Christmas parties, and they had a Mannheim Steamroller album on, and that song came on, hmm. and it just kind of sort of pulled me out of the moment, you know, out of the party for a minute listening to it. Um, and that memory, you know, whatever else the song means, that memory is why that song is special to me. Um, Mm -hmm. and I, I think it's, I think it's a little bit, um, you know, one of the ways that I lose patience with people I'm otherwise generally very sympathetic to who would be in, (laughs) I guess, the pro war on (laughs) Christmas crowd. Um, (laughs) 
Uh, <laughs> 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 you know, the people who are who are always who are fighting against this stuff. I mean, one one thing. One thing I would say to anybody in that camp who is like, you know, no, this is awful. It's, you know, representing patriarchy and oppression and history of ignorance and da 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 da. da you know, um, no, it's really not. You know, for a lot of people, a lot of the reason this stuff is special is because of their own personal tradition, not because of a five hundred year old tradition of fighting against, I don't know, other religions in other countries in bloody wars. In Grinches. In Grinches, yes. The war on Grinches. The war on Grinches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I was thinking, too, of, um, you know, of course I could go on and on because I, I, I do cherish all of these cultural artifacts so much. Um, but even thinking about going back to, <laughs> in my case, the Muppet version of, <laughs> of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. Um, as Gonzo, as Charles Dickens' version of A Christmas Carol. Um, you know, all of these sentiments that that really got traction during the Victorian era. era. So thanks, Victorians. We appreciate it. Um, mm. That bring us back to tradition and to um, the celebration of family. And so many of these traditions being rooted in family activities and family events and family rituals. Um, you're so right. Even as you were describing your experience of silent night. Um, I would have been very small at that point. I don't remember that moment, even though I was either in the room or in the house, you know, I was there with you. Um, but hearing you tell that, even though I don't have that memory, that's not my memory. It's yours. Knowing that I was part of that experience too, even if I was just your obnoxious little sister, that just added a really cool layer to, this experience for me, you know, now that's another thing that I can add to my memory box too. Mm -hmm. Um, and now I can remember in addition to you hating that sting song, um, (laughs) I will think of Max sitting at grandma's house and listening to silent night. Mm -hmm. You know, that's another association that forms in my memory. Yeah. And that's cool. I'm glad you think so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you shared. (laughs) I do what I can. It's it's tis the season, you know. Well, tis tis the season <laughs> really. in like three weeks. <laughs> this is if Halloween. we're generous. This is Halloween. Yeah. 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 That's the <laughs> I tweeted like I don't know three weeks ago. I tweeted, um, "Is it too early to start listening to Christmas music yet?" And several people replied and said, "No." Um, or said said yes, yes, it's too early. Oh, okay. Yeah, I no, was like, no, wow, no, really? People were replying and saying, "Yes, don't." <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, um, I, I can, I will definitely say like, I can understand being fed up with it. Um, I, at various times in my life have not had a lot of, I've been a little bit scroogish myself. Um, although more than anything about what people do complain about, which is the Christmas music becoming pervasive in public. Um, mm. I will say though, I, I kind of feel like the last few years, especially it is on in restaurants, but where I notice Christmas music the most in the Christmas season is in stores. And oh, yeah. if you're spending so much time in stores that that becomes a problem for you, um, if the Christmas season is really that interminable, you know, excusing, of course, people who work at a store. But if you're just <laughs> you're shopping and you're experiencing Christmas music and you're getting fed up with it because you're hearing so much of it because it's on for so long, I would ask what you're doing in store so much and point out that <laughs> you're the reason that the season is being ruined and over commercialized. Um, <laughs> get out of the store. Go home. 
See your family. Or just get an Amazon account. Get an yeah. Amazon account. Yeah, they don't play Christmas music what are you on doing? Amazon. They they don't have time for Christmas music. They're working ninety hour weeks. <laughs> see also be grateful. See also our previous episode because future. <laughs> because future. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I mean, I'm anyhow. But yeah, I I do. Um, one thing that uh, looking looking over the track list and when you talked about the the juxtaposition of the two, God rest you, merry gentlemen's. Um, God God rest ye's merry gentlemen. Men's. God, God rest. God rest Ye marries gentlemen. I don't. I don't know how you pluralize that, but in any case, um, I I did want to share one retail Christmas music story. Um, I, as I've mentioned on the podcast before, I once worked for Franklin Covey, and uh, at the time, the in-store music, rather than being a satellite radio station, which uh, a lot of uh, grocery stores and retailers used at the time, um. Or, or something from Muzak. Um, we had a, a custom service. I can't remember the name of the company, but basically there was a cheap PC in the back hooked up to the in-store speakers, and it would just run 24 hours a day playing random a random selection of songs that were encoded on, on a disc that you put into it. Um, and then once a month, they would send you a new disc that would update it, would take some songs out, put some new songs in, and then it would just run for another month. Um, mm. It was completely random. Uh, with, I think, a little bit of logic in it to prevent it from playing back-to-back songs from the same artist, but otherwise, no logic, no programming, just somebody made the playlist and then put it on random. This had the effect during the Christmas season of allowing multiple songs, multiple renditions of the same song to follow each other. (sighs) So you could get, like, three Run Rudolph runs in a row. Or, <laughs> more to the point, um, in this case, both of these versions of God Rest You Married Gentlemen plus three more in a row one time. Did you start a bingo card? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, no, that, that was, that was, that was, um, that was very aggravating. Um, and so I do, I, I am sympathetic to people who work in restaurants or, or stores or other places where music is played constantly and uh, when it goes to christmas if you're not into that i could see that being a problem sure and it is a a smaller inventory of music so it does get repetitive mm-hmm. i'm thinking of the stations yeah absolutely. Um, particularly out of omaha that switch to christmas um, mm-hmm. it does feel like the same track every right. day it, it's it's kind of impressive to me those like all christmas all the time stations how few yeah. I mean I realize yes it is a limited inventory there is a finite amount of christmas music in the world but how few songs they play over and over and over and over again Mhm Feliz Navidad man Oh my god <laughs> Don't even get me started Those fleas never die Trigger word He's not kidding <laughs> Feliz Navidad is also my trigger word <laughs> Um Oh man uh. Yikes well, one other thing I will mention, and you brought up that Chip Davis has created a musical empire with Mannheim Steamroller, um, his label, American Gramophone, um, and all this. Um, it's true. I just today noticed um, a Forbes article from this month. From this, I mean, it's currently October. I should be fair. Um, <laughs> talking about the so the author was. Uh, trying to summarize the key points, the key insights that Chip Davis's success has to um, offer the world and offer other would-be entrepreneurs. Um, it's just astounding. I mean, Christmas 1984 has sold like 6 million copies. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I mean, he really has built a musical empire. His, the touring orchestra um, that gives concerts during the holiday season, it was so popular. He, they've gone through different waves where some years they just did small venues. Some years they did huge um, stadiums and arenas, stuff like that. Um, got some feedback and had the capital, of course, to try the old smaller venue model again. Um and made it more lucrative than selling out the giant arenas. Mm-hmm. That's how good this he is as a business person. Um, all this stuff. Um, he had to create two traveling orchestras to accommodate all the <laughs> the dates and cities they yeah, wanted the, to. Yeah, uh, the green team and the red team. Oh my goodness! Right. Um, I heard an interview with him. He was talking about when he first branched out and started doing other holiday albums, including Halloween, he did some sort of February oriented romance type albums. February oriented. Talking... <laughs> <laughs> For our, our February sensitive listeners. Title. <laughs> February oriented yes. romance type album. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to derail you. That just really struck me. <laughs> Putting the, the February back in Valentine's. Wait. No, let me start over. Um, but in this interview, he's talking about how his, uh, not formula, it's it's not that reductive, but he was trying to explain how he approached all those albums too and said basically, uh, you know, they identified songs that had the right tone that they were looking for. And then as he says, they would Mannheimize it, right? <laughs> so they... <laughs> That is a he phrase that, again, it. the people that like and the people who dislike Mannheim Steamroller will all know exactly what that means. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's hilarious. So one of the poll quotations from that interview, he says, so to Mannheimize something, you play the first part of the tune real straight so they'd know what it was, and then you drive away into the sunset with it. <laughs> you know, that's that's something I thought about commenting on. Um, I didn't get that far in that article. Sorry, I didn't have time today. But oh, no, no, no. Um, that's something I thought about commenting on, but I felt like I was not musically qualified enough to, to get into was the fact that so many of these songs, like it's not just an arrangement. Um, it is taking, you know, motifs and bits of melody and recognizable pieces of the song and making a new song. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that, that he admits to that. So I thought for a second, you know, is it, am I just crazy? <laughs> am I just not hearing it right? <laughs> Do I not know how the song goes, which is actually more likely? <laughs> that Coventry Carol was about candy canes or something. Mm, yeah, who knows? Anything could be in there. Mm. You know, Run Rudolph mm-hmm. Run is actually about apartheid. You you are just on to me. I don't, <laughs> I don't know from whence this is coming. Good Ooh. lord. Ooh. Put that in your chip and synthesize it. Yeah. I'm sorry. Was that going somewhere else? Did you have more to share from the article? Did I completely derail us? <laughs> nope. Nope. Um, this it's just a it's a Christmas empire. Did I did I it's, uh Mannheim steamroll your point? I I think we're done here. Cue the music. Take us out, Chip. You have been listening to Priority. Once again, for complete show notes, visit us online at priority.fm. If you enjoyed the program today, please visit iTunes and leave us a positive rating and review, as that's the best way to help new listeners find the show. 
If you'd like to receive updates or give us feedback via tweets, you can follow us on Twitter, where we are at PriorityFM. That's at P-R-I-O-R-I-T-Y-F-M. Thanks again for listening, and if it's not too early to say, Merry Christmas. He's not going to do that. He's not on cue. <laughs> well, he's, he's not listening. He's not on cue right now, but I'm, Wait, the, I'm, I'm the editor. Is he there with you? No, no, but <gasps> I'm, I edit the podcast, so. Santa? There will, be, there will be music wherever I say there's music. Wow. <laughs> because Christmas. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where you're going to cut that. <laughs>